0: For others in the future and welcome everybody to the coaching tools and tips meetup happy to have you here today and um, our topic today is um, coaching from the east and we have Andrew Lynn with us who's going to be presenting and um, I'm really excited to have this, um, to have Andrew, first of all, I've been knowing Andrew for a couple of years. He's a great coach and um, I'm really excited to have him in. I'll let him tell you a little bit more about yourself, about himself, and tell you a little bit more about his topic as we go as we go on. Before we jump in, um, I think most of you have already updated your names to um, where you are in the world. It's really cool for us to see that we have an international audience here. We've got several from the US. We've got um, um, Andrew is from Taiwan, but he's in Fairfax, Virginia. And then we've got Norway, Canada, so sorry, how do you say that, Amir?
1: Sorry,
0: you know. Sorry, know. Okay, Waterloo, Pune, um, Toronto, Montreal. So have a good audience here, um, different places around the world. So Mark is from Belgium. And welcome, everybody. And so, Andrew, I will go ahead and hand this over to you and let you get started. And um, thanks for joining us today. If you, are, um, if you could all make sure that you're on mute, feel free to ask questions and interact. But when you're not talking, if you could stay on mute, that will help us with some of the um, background noise.
2: All right. Well, good day everyone. Can you see the screen that I'm sharing? The PowerPoint slide. Yes. Good. Good. Okay, just want to make sure I'm not sharing the wrong screen. <laughs> so today we're gonna to talk about a coaching from the East. Mainly there's two big topics, I Ching and Zen. Okay, and I'd like we to check in, but because we have quite a few people, so we would like to do an online group check-in so usually people said don't when somebody's talking don't look at your phone but now we want you to pull out your phone okay so put up your phones and then put the urls there uh www.menti.com
0: yeah we have several other people who are joining right now they're looking they were getting the password so Thank you, Gary. I was able to join with that password. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Thank you.
2: Okay, we'd like, okay, thanks for muting. Um, so if you could open your, take down your phone, open the page, put the code there. And that's check-in. And you can, you can have two options. You could have mixed feeling of you are happy or you are sad. We'll give it another 30 seconds. Well, it's good to see everybody's happy. Um, Like we always say, if you are mad, go talk to your coach. If you are sad, talk to your coach. If you are happy, you are fresh, you definitely need to talk to your coach. Um,
0: Just don't talk to your coach when you're glad, right?
2: (laughs) Well, you could. I I don't know. Uh. (laughs) Awesome. So, you know, um, I know we have several great coach in this group, so, uh, reach out to them. So, who am I? So my name is Andrew Lin, uh, I'm an Agile coach and I'm a licensed Scrum trainer. Um, we have enough certificate in the Agile already, so why there's another one called licensed Scrum trainer, um, Mark. Do you know what a License Scrum is? Uh,
1: License Scrum is... Hi, I'm Mark. Uh, Hello, everyone. Um, License Scrum is uh, the only endorsed uh, certification program by Jeff Sutherland, co-founder of Scrum.
2: (laughs) Great job, Mark. Great job. (laughs) Okay, so, yes, um, and then I've been learning coach from Sherry since 2017. It's been three plus years so far. Um, I always say that it's two things happening to my journey. Uh, It's very inspiring. One is I had the opportunity um, to actually interview Jeff. The other is learning coach from Sherry. It's very unique experience for me. Um, so I've been coaching, teaching, uh, training team executive uh, to deliver twice the value in half the time. And I've been doing a lot of volunteer works, um, you know, translating scrum guide. Um, also, I think this year we're doing another um, best HR articles. Um, so that's a lot of volunteer that I'm doing. And I always say volunteer is the best way to keep us moving. Um, you feel like you're part of the, agile coaching communities. Um, I always encourage people to volunteer for any opportunity that we have. Also, uh, you can see the picture there. There was one person standing there, kind of staring at me, which is Jeff Sutherland. Uh, I have the honor to actually teaching Scrum in front of him. Um, he's a person that's not afraid to point out if you, saying something that doesn't make sense, and lucky he didn't stop me. Um, Also, I work and live in Fairfax, Virginia. I travel back to Taiwan several times a year, uh, clients there helping them, and my email is right here. Okay. So now, enough about me, because this is not about me, this is about you. So who are you? So again, Put out, uh, put down your phone yet? So that's another survey we would like to conduct. So you see it on your screen now. Are you seeing it? Okay. So you could put up five heads. Okay, you can make five option there. It's limited to five hats, And if you wear more than five, then you are crazy. <laughs> so we'd like to know, who are you? Wow, give it another 30 seconds. If you like me, I don't know who I am and I am always confused and there's option for you. Okay, so looks like most of us are HR coach. We have professional coach here, scrum master, Leaders, trainers, managers, great. And let me switch back here. And then we are going to learn some ancient wisdom from the East today. Okay. Now this talk is shared a very basic knowledge that I learned about two very big concepts, one is called I Ching and one is called Zen. Um, to be honest, I don't know if these are professional coaching at all, okay? But I hope to spark some unconventional thinkings around these two topics. And this is really just a tip of the iceberg. You know, you could spend your whole life studying just one part of this topic here. Any questions so far? And just feel free to chat using the chat window or anything if you have any questions. Okay, so we're gonna talk about e change first. Now, many years ago when I was looking at the change management books. (laughs) Okay. So many years ago I was looking at the change management books, you know, and I saw an article mentioned there's a Chinese book called The Book of Change. And I'm like, wait, that's what is that? And I realized the book is talking about Yi Qing. So Yi Qing, the English translation, translated name is called the Book of Change. And then sometimes we just say Yi. And Qin means classics. Qing means a book. And then in the traditional Chinese philosophy, we always say there are four books and then five classic. So four plus five, that's nine. So basically they say like, OK, you need to read these nine books. Uh, And then I Ching is the top one on the classic. and It was written about 3,000 years ago. And it's a book about change. And if you Google Amazon, you will see that's more than 20,000 results about book there. And this is just one of them. Now, it could, actually a lot of people using I Ching for, divinations, you know, something to predict the futures and I actually seen people using that to predict the, you know, the pandemic that we are facing right now. When will it end? But that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're just going to talk about very basic about I Ching. Okay. So, e has a several meanings. Now, that's one thing about how confusing Chinese is. If you are just using one character, it's, you could interpret it in very different ways. And it's best to using two characters together. If you're just using one, unless you try to confuse people. So Yi has several meanings. First one is called Bien Yi. Now the translation called change. And that's why the book got this title, The Book of Change, because that's the first meaning of Yi. It means change. Now, change, we know, nothing stays the same, right? Can anyone give an example of what change is? I, I want this to be kind of like a conversation, you know, so feel free to jump in, just, just. What does change mean to you?
3: Well, change is anything that changes the sta- status quo, right?
2: Okay, changing the status quo.
3: Yeah, uh, and to me, basically, the, the change is lean as well, because in lean, uh, there is no stagnation. You're either improving or you're degrading over time. But both cases are change, for the better or for the worse. Okay. So <laughs> then, go, go ahead. Yeah, by being resilient to every
2: situation. Okay, so nobody likes to change.
0: Um, Isn't change life, like everything in life is change all the time. It's like the most normal thing ever.
2: Hmm, yes. Change is the only constant thing in this world. Change is only constant in the world. You must know what I'm going to talk about next (laughs) because that's the next bullet point there. So for example...
4: Change change is dispositioning a system or a subsystem from one state into another state. Good. Uh, Change is
2: upgradation.
5: Something sometimes by choice, sometimes by force, and when it is by choice, we say it's transformation, and what? Do you, when it is like by force, is hard and difficult.
2: Wow, we're touching um, quite many different um, points about change, and then it's improving change, uh, different states. Uh, change is only constant. Um, changing is making something different. So go ahead, Mark.
1: Is improving change.
3: Ah, okay. Um, um, I had something to add here. So if, if,
6: if I may quote Mahatma Gandhi, uh, who famously said, you must be the change you want to see in the world. Uh, which is, in other words, all uh, changes are inevitable. We can also initiate personal change so that we can rise up to a challenge and become a
2: bigger and a better person as a result. I like the last part, be a better and uh, a better person. Good. So, for example, the the COVID-19 that we are facing right now, that is changing how we work together. Um, And then you may be a manager, you want to be a leader, you may be... You know, Scrum Master. You want to be an agile coach. So all these are the changing that, that we are facing every day. Wow, that's a lot of information. So yes, so somebody already mentioned this. Uh, so the E also means 不易. So the 不易 means constant. Even everything changes, there is something stays the same. Like what? What's not changing?
0: That we are going to die.
2: <laughs> yes. Although a lot of people try to, you know, um, do something different. Yes. Yes.
5: Adapting to different situations?
2: Adapting different situations. Yes. The most strong species that not survive, is the species they're adapting can survive so something is not changing go ahead mark knowledge
1: and experience
2: knowledge and experience what do you mean by that it will always be there okay good
6: Yeah, I I feel uh, if we consider the time horizon uh, from the beginning of uh, the universe uh, till the end of the universe, then there won't be even a single thing which is constant. It's just uh, contextual if we consider maybe the uh, lifespan of a human being, uh, for example, in that lifespan, uh, maybe from the beginning uh, or uh, since the childhood till the end, uh, what I feel will remain the same. Uh, are probably the belief system and the core values uh, but if we consider it again uh, as a span of uh, a thousand years then uh, some of the core beliefs and the value systems would have been changed to adapt
2: great
0: I think the the past doesn't change that stays constant but our perception of it and what we learn from it and do with it um, can change the future
3: in the similar lines, uh, the circumstance how we see that things won't change, but, right? That, but it depends on how you see it. The circumstance always stays the same.
2: Wow, I'm I'm getting a lot of different ideas about this one. That that's great. Uh, for example, we we living in the planet Earth and the suns rises in the East. So that doesn't change. At least the place that we're in right now. Um, I believe doing good things to others. I mean, that's the value that doesn't change. Or the only thing that doesn't change is change. If you put the change and constant together. Did I just confuse everybody on that one? <laughs> it's changing, but it doesn't change. <laughs> Okay, so the, the third E, it could be interpreted as GNE. That means simplicity. Now, a lot of us are Scrum Master Agile Coach here. As every time we heard the word simplicity, we jump right there saying like the art of maximizing the amount of work not done is essential. <laughs> so that's one of the twelve principles of the Agile Manifesto, I believe. Uh, Although I always have question about the sentence, because the sentence is not that simple to understand. Uh, so, simple, or sometimes we say, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. So, any example about simplicity?
0: I think from the coaching world, the um, skill of bottom lining is a great example. So it's taking things that are long and complicated and just bottom-lining it into one sentence, maybe two sentences.
2: One sentence. I think we have a Zen Master here today. Hmm. Uh, Later we'll find out uh, the so-called one sentence coaching. Go ahead Mark.
1: Yeah, to uh, Sheree's point, short sentences. We like to make simple decisions, and simple decisions happen with short sentences, not with long sentences, or many sentences.
4: Wow. And another one is metaphors, because as humans we're unable to grasp the enormity of emotions that we're exposed to, or at least we lack the language to explain them. We like
2: to use metaphors to explain very complex things. You guys must have read all these PowerPoint already because that's what we're going to talk about later. Uh, so so simple means like, you know, uh, uh, when iPhone first came out, I mean, does does your phone come with a user guide? No, I mean, it doesn't. It, it, you, you could find one, but you don't need it, right? Shopping on Amazon.com, you don't need a user guide. Um,
0: You just need your teenage kids to show you how to work it.
2: Yes. (laughs) Although one time I have a t-shirt and the t-shirt, the back of the t-shirt saying like, how to iron the t-shirt, ask your mom. (laughs) Um, So, I, I believe only if you make something simple, people can follow. If you want to make something powerful, you make it simple. Okay, so there is one, two, three. So we have four, three E's right now. So the last E is called Jiao Yi, which means interaction or transactions. Now, this means if there's no interactions, there's nothing will change or the change won't happen. Right. So um, in a coaching conversation, there is interactions happening. So something is changing there. Okay, so the question will be, what does Ching has anything to do with coaching? Um, so mainly we talk about the two uh, topics inside the four that we just talked about. One is the interaction, one is the change. So when you interact with somebody, Something is changing. Agreed?
1: Okay. Yes. Agree to
6: it.
2: Yes. Okay. Go ahead, Mark. Only if you you listen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yes. Only if you are listening. I I agree to what Mark said. (laughs) And actually, who should be listening more?
6: Yeah, but it would be changing your perception about uh, the person with whom you are speaking. If uh, he or she is not listening, then uh, you are also making adjustment in your communication style and how you would try to effectively deliver your message so that you can bring in the change which
2: you like. Okay, so so the coaching conversation could happen one-to-one. It could happen one-to-many. Now, I would not recommend you do many coaches with one client because I think uh, we tried it one time with Matt and then some other coach. Uh, it was pretty interesting um, for the client. But the client is very confusing because everybody jumped in with different angles. Um, so as a coach, so now we talk a little bit about the, the, the agenda, right? So, So we always say that as a coach, Um, Don't try to solution the the problem and then don't, it's not a problem, right? And then as a coach, your agenda is to have no agenda. You're coming in a coaching conversation, you should not have any agenda. Now, if you think about that, or when I first learned coaching, I had to keep reminding myself saying like, it's not your problem, Andrew. You have to keep reminding yourself, but when I'm reminding myself, I have my own agenda. My agenda is to have no agenda. I know that sounds a little bit zen, which is part of what we're going to be talking about. Um, So instead of a a so-called no agenda, I, I think there's something called empty agenda. So, okay. Like water, now that is Bruce Lee talking. So, so there's a video there, the Bruce Lee talk about waters, okay. It, it's like water. Now, um, I believe Matt mentioned about metaphor. Now Chinese love to use water as a metaphor. And there is, there is something called So the best virtue is like water. So water benefit all things but asks for nothing. Should we as a coach be like water? Yes, no, different opinions.
0: Yes, I agree.
7: And uh,
2: yes, yeah. yes, totally agree. Absolutely. Okay, so we should be like water. Um, okay, okay, that, that sentence is from Tao, which is another big topic that we can explore, uh, next time. Um, but, so coach and coachees, now we're talking about the two persons in the conversation. So who is the host and who is the guest? I love that question
0: and I'm inclined to say that the client is the host and the coach is the guest. They're inviting you in to witness their process.
5: Yes. I, I agree. Sorry.
0: I
7: agree.
0: I
1: agree. I agree, too, as uh, someone can only be coached when that person wants to be coached. So the person invites
6: you So, I would say that coach is the host and coachy is the guest.
2: Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, so now we cannot, okay, any questions so far?
5: In the conversation, Andrew, it could be um, either way or vice versa. Initially, um, Kochi is the host and later it could be changed. When coach is like creating the uh, environment and the trusting relationship, opening up the um, deep diving with the question, then he's hosting or she's hosting. But the initiative, uh, coach you will take. He will be host first.
0: Hmm. You
5: know, sometimes we invite people, and then invite the they invite us back. Kind of this.
2: That kind of remind me every time I talk to Mark, he become the host. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Okay, so so. I always say if you don't have a question, I'll ask you a question. So the question is, does anyone know what is 20, 50, 30 principles? Is it the Pareto principle? So there's a principle called 20, 50, 30. Is it
6: the 80, 20 of Pareto?
0: That
6: 80% of the work is done by 20% of people?
2: So okay, so so 2050 is so it's about so-called the 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 change management, right? So usually, as a rule of thumb, uh, 20% of the people will support your efforts. You know, if you try something new, these people are gonna be like, why are we doing this? Now we should did we should doing this like three months ago? You know, I'm in, I'm signed up, I'm jumping. You know, and then 50% is kind of like, oh, I'm not really sure. Um, I don't know. It sounds good, but I'm not sure. Right. And then 30% of the people will always, you know, try to destroy, you know, the the, the systems. Um, This, sometimes we'll say the 30% may be uncoachable or untrainable or so these people just don't like the ideas. Um, I always say it's, it's the timing things, they are not ready yet or they are not there yet. Um, some, other, some other people might say, you know, get the right bus, right people on the bus, wrong people off the bus. Um, I, I'm gonna use one example, so I have a, a retail client Uh, They want to do the digital transformations. And they're still doing the same way they've been doing for 20 years. But they want something more modern. And they call it, you know, the IT or that kind of stuff. Um, So every time I talk about transformation, I talk about how, how I can help you coaching all this stuff. They're not listening. You know, they just want like, okay, just move everything to AWS. That's what we care about. Now two weeks ago, suddenly they have to close all their stores. And now they are listening. They said, Andrew, how can I make sure that we know what everybody is doing? How can we make the work transparent? And then you know it, I think it's just a timing issues. Uh for, for transformation to happen. As a coach, how you help people sometimes they They just don't see the value there, Um, you know, I don't think it's that they are not coachable. It just, they're not ready yet. And if you change nothing, nothing will change, right? Um, So now we are talking about the, the, the idea called Shuhari. Coaching with Shuhari. Now. Anyone know what Shuhari is? Yes, I know. I think pretty much everybody knows. So so what is Shuhari? Can somebody tell me what is Shuhari? Yeah, so Shu means
6: that being disciplined, following the mentor all the time. Ha means that a slight deviation, you have your own set of rules. And re means that coming out with your own ideas, that includes but not limited to innovation, automation, and, and completely... Breaking from the shackles of the mentor on the rigid rules. This is my understanding of
2: Shu Ah, and Ri. Mark kind of doing this. Mark is an Akito master, so what what do you think of Shu Hari is?
1: Well Shu is actually means literally follow. It means that you need to learn the techniques like i 20 years of karate, you learn the techniques first, you follow the sensei, that's true. Ha is actually mastering the those techniques, by so doing it over and over and over again, multiple uh, multiple times, uh, and Ri is actually get yourself cut off, or cut yourself uh, from your master, or from your sensei, so it means that you actually uh, learn to how to play the game and develop your own techniques, uh, become your own sensei.
2: Thank you, Sensei. So that is the <laughs> Shuha Reads, that we are all aware of. Um, so, sometimes it's kind of interesting, um, we all think that we are Reads, right? I'm the master of the domains, I know everything, um, But it could be vice versa. You know, Mark is the master, but he always thinks that he knows nothing. Man knows everything, and then is always very humble. And that brings to a very uh, interesting concept. It's called imposter syndrome that we talk about in coaching all the times. And the other one is called Dunning-Kruger effect. So imposter syndrome, does anybody know these two
0: I know imposter syndrome. I don't know that I know the dunning kruger effect.
3: Well, both of them are similar, basically. It's, it's thinking of yourself more than you actually are. Or less. Or less. True.
2: Right, yeah. so one... Go ahead.
0: Yeah, the imposter syndrome is that you're constantly thinking less of yourself than you actually are. And then in effect is the opposite. You constantly think you are performing much better than you actually do.
2: <laughs> right. So sometimes we're facing a client that could be either one of these. Um so Okay, hold on one second. Okay, now let's do another one. Now Open your phone, you should see another survey on the screen. I would like to know that... which one that you experience the most. How do you see yourself? we we'll give it another 10 seconds. Okay, so I'm seeing neither imposter syndrome, sometimes both. Do you experience these before? And then how does that make you feel? Anybody want to share something here?
3: Yes. And um, I, I, I think you experience them every day with every new book that you uh, take and start reading. With every conversation like we're having right now, um, you're opening up new Pandora's boxes left and right and realizing how little you know, and then your uh, indifference in certain situations... Uh, and the lack of knowledge in those uh, basically makes you think that you know more than you probably do. So I think it's a combination of both that, that we encounter on a daily basis. Also, the other experience from my end, right? When we are coaching or working with uh, tough people, the 30% of people, Sometimes I used to think, what is that I'm lagging? What I could do more?
4: Yeah, my my tendency is imposter syndrome. So I get caught up doing a lot of the Kruger things to overcompensate for my imposter syndrome. So a lot of my coaching sessions end up being taming and understanding better my my, uh, imposter syndrome. But it's actually a positive thing because it helps me actually always be in the student seat. So helping me understand that has been a really good thing.
0: Yeah, even with all the experience that I have, I, anytime I start working with a new client, whether it's a coaching, like an individual client or an organization, I always feel like, oh, no, am I going to be able to do this? I'm not sure if I, you know, maybe I'm not good enough. I'm going to get in there and I'm going to find out I have no idea what to do. And, but I'm used to it um, because every time I start, then it's like, oh, yeah, this is just like the last one. It's all the same. Um, so it doesn't matter how experienced you are. And I think the more experience you have, and the more expertise um, people think you have, the more you tend to go to imposter syndrome because it's like, yeah, they're going to all find out I'm a fraud. I don't really know all the stuff they think I know.
2: Go ahead, Mark.
1: Well, in my 20 years being a salesperson, it depends who I'm talking to. Sometimes you talk to people who need a lot of information Sometimes you have people that really are more into uh, emotional connections. So, kind of depends what I'm talking to.
2: Okay, good. Um, So, we talked a little bit about Shuhari, but that's not what the focus is. And the focus is Mushinzu. So, we're going to talk about something called Mushinzu. Okay. Um, In coaching, I think it's Muxinzhu. The Mushinzu translate into Mu means no. Uh, Hin means guest. Shu means host. So the direct translation, that means no guest, no host. Okay. So that's what that means. No guest, no host. So wait, wait, wait. That sounds like Okay, hold on. So I think we got something really wrong 20 years ago when we introduced um, Shuhari into Agile. Because Shuhari is hierarchy. I am Reed, I'm the master, you are Shu. There is some kind of hierarchy in Shuhari. Yes or no? I don't know. But we should actually be talking about Mushinsu there, because Mushinsu means there's no hierarchy. So I, I saw there's some Japanese company, they start doing this called tea ceremonies. So they have a tea, afternoon tea, and they sit on the floor, they serve in tea, and it, it's a tea. That means there's no CEOs, there's no rank, there's no hierarchy. Everybody here enjoy the tea, and we are all equal. That's where you get the best idea from. That's where you see the other person, as a person, the person is not broken, like we always in the coaching, they say, the person has no problem. If you think he has a problem, you are the problem. Not the person has any problems. So, it sounds like we should be doing Buxinsu. So, no coaches, no coach, no hierarchies. So, the coach welcome the coach with a pure and open heart. I know it's very hard to do. Okay, so Mushinzu actually from the chado, which is Japanese tea ceremony. But that originally actually from Zen. So the concept of Mushinzu actually from Zen. We can already talk a little bit about this. Should there be a host or guest in a coaching conversation? You know, I'm, I'm getting a lot of great ideas about this one um some saying you know the the coach should be the guest but the machines will say there's no guest there's no host i don't know so now because the machines are actually coming from zen so we're gonna talk a little bit about zen we already kind of talked about the I Ching, which is very very basic um well, now we're gonna talk about Zen. Zen is actually from India. Zen is from India, from the Buddhism. And then let's go to China and then from China to Japan and now the whole world n- understand that what Zen is all about. Or oh, we don't understand, but we think we understand. I don't know. Um, the, the Zen is from this person. Does anyone know the first Dan master in China? Actually, I think Shari and Matt know because you received a gift from me beginning of this year. <laughs> so it, the den is from this person, which is uh, Puri Dhamma. I don't know if I pronounce correctly or not. If somebody know how to pronounce this. Let me know. Bodhi okay. So you may not know this person or you never heard of this person. That's fine. But that picture on the right, you definitely know what that is. That's a Shaolin Temple. These are the monks that can do the Kung Fu style, right? Everybody know the Shaolin monk, you know, they do this incredible, incredible, you know, Kung Fu. Guess what? The first master or the first monk of the Shaolin Temple is him. So he's not only the Zen master, he's a Kung Fu master. And they believe the best Kung Fu, you have to practice both. You know, actually, Bruce Lee has a major in psychology when he was in college. (laughs) I just find it fascinating. Like, you know, it's... Okay, so the coaching conversation versus then conversations. Now, about three or four years ago, I was lucky enough to be in a, a coaching mentoring group who is Matt and then our mentor is Michael Didamada. And he introduced us to the coaching and I was listening. I said, I, wait, Michael, that is Zen. And, and then and then the more I dig into it, there is some kind of relationship there. Um, so can anyone tell me what a coaching conversation looks like? What does a coaching conversation look like?
3: The coach asks the right questions and uh, most of the time visions to the client.
2: Okay, that's part of the conversation.
3: Inquiring and reflecting.
0: Like a tango, like a dance.
2: Dance. Do you know actually Bruce Lee won a tango competition in Hong Kong before? <laughs> I think it's real. He actually know how to dance. <laughs> I, I like that one. Yes, so it's like a it's like a tango in between. What was cha cha cha? Maybe it was tango. Ah yes, cha cha cha. Thanks,
0: Matt. I feel like Andrew should be on Jeopardy. <laughs>
2: So, how, how does a, a coaching conversation look like, or feel like?
0: To me, it's partnership.
2: Partnerships. What do you mean by that, Cherie?
0: That there is... that we're, we're equals, there's not one above the other, and we flow together, so we um, make decisions about where we go together.
2: Yes. So now I'm going to introduce what the then conversation looks like. And you can see if I'm crazy or I'm actually in the wrong direction at all. I don't know. Okay. So th- there are two conversations. So then, then involve a lot of conversation. Then, believe that is no Lecturing, You cannot teach somebody Zen. OK, there's no, there's some books you can read, but a lot of Zen is coming from the conversation. That's when I first heard about coaching, I'm like, oh, that sounds like a Zen conversation. Let me find out more. OK, so Skada Su, who is a Zen master for in. Now, if you have any painting of Skada Su, you will, you don't have to work for the rest of your life. Um, you may not know what who Skada Su is, but it's a Chinese dish named after him. So next time you go to a real Chinese restaurant, they might serve in this called Tongpo pork. So this is a pork named after him. He's very well known person. Um, so Skada Su uh, about a thousand years ago. So he's, he was you know, someone very smart at his time. Um, so he and the four yin are friends. So they are friends and they, they live across the rivers from each other. okay. Have anyone ever heard of these stories? Okay. No, me. Okay, all right, so good, okay. Um, so, so one day, Su was doing meditations, okay. And then he felt inspired So he wrote a poem about how he feel. And it sounds like this, when I say in Chinese, So that means that he bowed to the heavens. Okay. And I felt he felt there was a light from me to the universe. Okay. And I heard sometimes you do meditation, you might experience something that you normally don't experience. Uh the A wind cannot move me. I'm still sitting on my purple golden lotus. If the, the, the purple golden lotus is some kind of you know pad that usually you see the monk, you know, standing or sitting on top of it. The A wind is the praise, the ridicule, insult, honor again, loss, suffer, pressure. So all these cannot move me. So basically he is trying to say he feels like he is God. Okay, he's sitting there and then nothing moves him. Okay, now, of course, he was pretty impressed by himself. So he sent somebody carry the poem to Four in, because they, they, they argue about each other all the time, right? So. I feel great, I'm gonna send that to you, know, Matt. And then, the dead master four in who wrote just one word on a paper and had a person return to, you know, scatter sue. What do you think the four in wrote on that paper? Anyone want to take a guess?
0: I guess my, my first question is, it one word in Chinese, which could be 15 words in English?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's, actually, it, it's actually also one word in English, or oh, two okay. words, yes. Yeah. Why? Why? Hmm. Anyone want to take a guess? Now, you are the master, you are the then master. What are you going to say to that person? Oh, you are a coach. Good. Good. Happy for you. Happy for
4: you. Wow. No, it's about connection. It's something with love. It's something about love.
2: Huh. Something about love. So... Sue was expecting four-inch compliment, right? But when he saw the letter, it was just one word. He was shocked and angry. And then he rushed across the river, knocked on the door, and then demand for apologies. Now you're probably kind of thinking, oh yeah, what does he wrote on that letter, right? Uh, he want 4 to explain like, what do you mean?
0: Well, maybe he wrote lie because I'm wondering, I mean, if he got shocked and angry, that's the opposite of what he actually said in his poem, that he couldn't be moved. By
7: <laughs> Did he write a uh, fool? Oh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> So, so, uh, Scott of rush, go across the river, knock on the door, say, you better come out here and tell me what does that mean? The boy did not answer the door, instead he put another point on the door, okay So he said so he says the A wing cannot move you. However, yet, just I just wrote father b s that just blew you across the river. So Skyler Su is so proud of himself, saying like, I'm the master and then Foen says, Bullshit. (laughs) Sherry, you're you're muted. Okay, sorry. So that's the conversation ends. Any questions?
0: Yeah, what was the word he wrote on the paper?
2: <laughs> oh he said uh, uh Oh he uh, wrote both, he wrote BS.
0: What did he what did he write?
2: He he wrote BS on the paper.
0: So basically he called him a liar. <laughs> or a fool. <laughs> a lying fool.
2: <laughs> right. You you're a fool of it. That's what the damn master is saying. You're fool of it. Uh, you're not even there. <laughs> Any question?
7: I have a question about your explanation of Shuhari sure. being a hierarchy. Um, it might, you know, in what context would you say it's a hierarchy? Because as a coach, it's, um, I have used it a lot, especially when I'm trying to explain, um, or should I say help people in their, you know, agile journey. Okay, so and um, in terms of all uh, maturity, so uh, I'm a little bit confused when you then say hierarchy because I, I don't see it as hierarchy between people, I see it as a way of working or helping people go through their journey. So, shoe, you know, at the beginning, re, um ha, sort of intermediate, and re, when you are then getting to that mastery level. Do you see what I mean?
2: Yes, clear. Um, I think when we were talking about shuhari, that means it's a master and there is a state that you want to be. Of course, there is a learning, you know, kind of the journey that we experience. Now, instead of focus on the shuhari, the conversation between the coach and coachee should not have that kind of hierarchy. I'm thinking that it should be more like the machines that we were talking about.
4: So the, the shukari is the BS, right? It's the BS that move him across the river.
2: I, I'm not sure about that, um, but but it, it, it it's different. I should say it's different concept, different ideas. If you if we as a coach, we seeing ourselves. We, in using the Shuhari with our customers, do we create the hierarchies there? If we using the Mushinsu, would that be another approach? Yeah. Mark, go ahead Mark.
1: Oh, uh, Shuhari is, it's a different, it's a different context. Shuhari is for me more in learning some expertise, skills. And when we learn skills, such as Scrum, such as other uh, techniques or methods, and you're not experienced in it, then shuhari comes in very, very handy. When it comes to mindset and coaching of mindset, then I would rather go uh, go to Mishinzu. But it's a different context. So, um,
0: that's it. We have Mary, who has her hand raised? Mary, did you have a um, question or comment?
7: I already no. I, I spoke just now about the Shuhari. Okay. I spoke already, yeah. Thank you. Great. Okay. Hey,
0: uh, Andrew, I'm not. Uh, can I turn you for just a second? I love that I um. Yes, I view Shuhari and I love see, using it as that here's a progression of growth and um, I love that you brought this up about the hierarchy because I think what it creates is um, a hierarchy within the company. So people are striving to be at this higher realm and they can look at the others and say, well, I'm better than you, I'm stronger than you, I know more than you. Um, And I think it also does place the coach kind of at, at a hierarchical level because for the coach, if the coach is using it like I'm teaching you to become these things, then I must already be re. I must already be at that level, which means I'm beyond you. Um, so I've never, I've never looked at it that way before, and I
7: appreciate that perspective. Hello, can I say something? Um, I really like what you just said, but I think it's all about the mindset. Because if, as a coach, you're using shuhari and looking at yourself as being, you know, um, a master and better, then you probably shouldn't even be a coach. Because as a coach, you are constantly learning. Everybody's constantly learning. And aside from agility itself, in terms of looking at, you know, the agile journey, we could look at other people as being inferior in other aspects of our, of our work, in terms of our expertise. So I don't think this is limited to just, you know, being a coach or looking at, you know, agile. So the mindset comes in a whole lot, if, if I'm making any sense. Mm-hmm. Yep, agree. And the context, and the context does matter for me. And I, I really wouldn't want to see it as, I find it very useful. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I find Shuhari very, very useful for myself and for the people I'm, I'm helping in terms of them setting milestones for themselves, not necessarily for comparison, because we can also talk about velocity when we say a team has a velocity of 70 and another one has a velocity of 90 does it mean the one with 90 is better it's definitely not so it comes down to the mindset and the context yeah i agree you
4: provoke me to think about two things andrew so hierarchy if you look at amy edmondson and her research on psychological safety and the biggest psychological research ever done, mined with 37 statistical methods, uh, the Aristotle Project. It consistently showed that anytime hierarchy showed up, psychological safety went down. And I'm not trumping psychological safety, I'm just saying that naturally, as, as humans, anytime there's hierarchy, we, we get defensive, and that would prevent that. That coming one with the coach and that that relationship at some level, and the other thing about your approach, and you made me think. So to me, kind of the highest, purest level of coaching known that I know is perhaps uh, David Clutterbuck and and Peter Hawkins. So so they're working on something called systemic eclectic system, and and basically that's that's such a high level purified coaching that they they've gotten it to the point where. Uh, the systemic eclectic basically purifies that relationship to the max. And what I'm hearing you doing is saying you're going even beyond that. You're reconfiguring that coaching that coachy relationship even, even beyond that um, level of, of connection. So so you made me think about like the Holonic thing of Orsk, right? There's something else out there. And then uh, you made me think about... Uh, Tavistock, how, how there's a lot of subconscious. So, so so in some level, as coaches, we're still dabbling in the cerebral and conscious, and there's a lot more to explore there that is happening that is subconscious. And maybe changing that relationship and going beyond that relationship, we can get even even further. But, but it also made me think, like, the COVID exposed that I'm not even the coach I was in real life because it exposed all these fears that made me fall apart as a coach in real life. So I'm thinking like, well, I'm so far from the clutter box, and David and, and Andrew is going way above that. So I'm thinking, what kind of journey does one need to go to get to that level of Zen in order to be able to coach people? It it blows my mind.
2: I don't know. I don't know a lot of things. Um, so, so I mean, we, we're just learning together. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do. I think earlier this year, the... We have a friend, Ted Waters, and then he asks us like, "What kind of book that you're gonna be reading this year?" And then you know, people say like, you know, "Turn the ship around," you know, all these kind of great books, you know, and then coaching, you know, the active, you know, coached all that books, and I'm like, I'm gonna go back to the book that was read that was re- you know written two thousand years ago, three thousand years ago. I want to, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in in where we are coming from. Uh, And then something later, we're going to talk about what I believe that we all are. So any other question about this topic that we just talked about?
4: What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it on the practical side?
2: Okay, so if there's no question, I will ask the question <laughs> Has anybody heard of the something called 7% 38% 55% rule? Yeah. Okay, so this is okay first I need to clarify all these rules principle these are just you know. Maybe like you know in a in modern IT that we call it you know big data. Okay. So like, you know, we don't know Pareto rules 80-20, right? It's big data, you know, based on my observation, 80%, 20%. So this is the same thing that's similar to that. These are not truths, Okay, not the truth. Okay. Um, so this is about communication. So 7% related to the word that you use. 38 uh, related to the tongue of voice and 55 related to the body language. Um, when we are face to face, um, then we, you know, coaching conversation, you want to turn on the camera so I can see you. I can, I can, you know, a lot of times that's, you know, particular for me, somebody, you know, English, not my, you know, first language, you know, the, the, the word I pick might be very different than what you think I'm talking about. But if I'm smiling, I mean, I'm not yelling at you. So, you know, sometimes these helps. Okay. So, so. The Zen conversation is that if somebody can inspire me with just one sentence, would that be considered a coaching conversation? Like we just saw the examples, right? The Zen master just say one thing. Now, I'm pretty sure if I need a coaching session, I always need coaching session. If I ask Sharif for one right now, and I'm going to say, oh, you know, I should, I need to finish my ACC. <laughs> I need to finish my uh, CTC application. You know, I'm just so busy, all that. And guess what she's going to tell me? BS. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. She's just going to say, that. that's bullshit. Well I heard enough. What, I, I... Right. So is that, is that a, a coaching conversation? I, I don't know. Or I could look at Andrew saying like, when? Just tell me when. What do you think?
3: Well, if it's internally, psychologically, going to inspire you to change, I would say yes. Maybe you don't need to spend 20 or 30 minutes um, talking
2: I think Amir is kind of breaking up there, but I think I got what. So I think earlier Amir saying about lean. So this is very lean. This is like I don't need sixty minutes. I don't need twenty minutes. I don't know.
0: I think my this real question would be, what do you really
4: want? Yeah, Andrew, this looks like inspiration. You know, if I could inspire you, uh, not inspiration, but influencing. It's, I'm adding something from the outside that, that is going to have some kind of cause and effect. While, while as a coach, I'm looking for what's inside of you. So while it might be super effective to me, it still sounds like influencing. you're bringing your own brilliance, right? And you're letting your own brilliance reflect on the coaching. With coaching, if I'm uh, if they're coachable and I'm coachable, right? The two coachabilities, I'm, I'm going inside and however much brilliance is inside that person, I'm going to co-create to find it.
6: What if I say, you can do it? Will that inspire the person in just one sentence?
2: I don't know. Maybe. Yes. No.
7: What is your fear?
3: Yeah, I think it depends on cognitive bias. Sometimes, no, you can't do it, it's going to inspire somebody.
0: Thinking about what Matt said, I wonder if the real question would be just that, right there, what's on the page. If I could inspire you with one sentence, what would it be? And let the client answer.
6: It it could be like inspiration. Uh, It's perishable. So you uh, need me as long as uh, I need you.
0: Great point.
2: Wow, we have so many masters in this. Okay, so the last one, or we are kind of close to the end, is I don't think we're gonna do the breakout Zoom. I just want everybody to take a minute to think about what kind of coach you want to be, or what kind of coach are you. Well, take a minute and think about that. And then if you want to share, let's do that, take a minute, think about that question. Give it another twenty seconds. What kind of coach are you? Okay. One time, I was thinking to have a meet-up group with people just be in the meet-up group, but no talking, and just write your CTC applications. <laughs> or to whatever you try to do, you never find a time to do it. Um, so who would like to share?
4: So Andrew, the moment I say what kind of coach I am or what kind of coach I want to be if I delve too big into it it will become like a limited belief so in a way I like the exercise of asking myself that but I don't like putting it out there because it becomes like a label it becomes like a limited belief and I I put that box and I put myself in that box so I want to be outside that box whatever that box is
2: wow that's very deep.
3: So my answer is, I don't know. Um, I don't think I have enough insight yet at this point in time in my career to be able to make that prediction.
0: For me, I'd like to be a better coach tomorrow.
7: I would like that. I... I- I am w- a coach that is improving currently and I would like to be a coach that continues to improve.
3: Yeah, I, w-
4: I would actually agree with everything that's just been said and um, the other thing I would like to add as well that um, I'm a coach that can adjust um, to the situation um, but at the same time knowing what my uh Limitations are and also um, growing as a coach as well. Everything that everything's just been said, but um, it's adjusting to that, um, that situation of awareness. Um, so it's not one size fits all.
1: Go ahead, Mark. I don't want to be a coach. But if anyone comes up to me for help, I will try to help them as good as I can. Okay. Uh,
6: So, uh, if I can go ahead next. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, as Christine pointed out, I would like to be a better coach with an eye eye on continuous improvement. Otherwise, I am proactive, hardworking, sincere. But I need to get better in the area of Mindset and behavioral coaching and that's my core competency in my current role But uh, I personally believe there is a lot of scope for improvement and then I'm, uh, I need to get better in that
2: Very good
7: um, So I am a coach that Currently what I would like to be or what I want I aspire to be is a coach that is a present and aware and I'm able to deliver what is needed at that present time.
2: Cool. I think we are all great coach because we really enjoy the silence. <laughs> okay, so I put this. Got the last slide here. So one thing I believe that we are all grandmasters. You know, there's nothing broken. We are all the master of the master. We are all equal. Um, if you need a coach, we have a lot of them here. Uh, I know Sherry is the master level. She uh, Sherry, are you the first? in the hr community that
0: i am as far as i know i could be wrong but to my knowledge i'm the first master certified coach that's also an adult coach.
2: so proud of you wow
0: so proud of you
2: so So, we have a lot go ahead
5: uh the first i had a coaching session is sherry the first day I was amazed with the conversation. She found out something about me that I was looking for that answer for a long, long, long time. And that day I just knew she is the one. She's very exceptional. (laughs) One of very few exceptional coach. Very helpful.
3: Thank you. you
2: Awesome, thanks Mark. Um, We have a lot of great coach here. Um, I remember my session with Cherie it's eye-opening. It's it's, like I say in the beginning, there's two most enjoyable moments of my careers. If you'd like to learn true scrums, well, you know who to ask, you can ask Mark. Um, If you have a question, is ask Matt. (laughs) Matt knows everything. Oh, stop it, man. I don't (laughs) like this. (laughs) Okay, and then that that's the end of our discussion today. Any other burning question that anyone can help to answer?
0: Um, I just have a question for Sherry. Now that you've gone ahead and gotten your MCC, which by the way, is pretty awesome. Um what's next on your agenda to you know cuz you get back to the agile community so much what's the next thing on your plate Yeah I'm actually um in the field of coaching um there's um there's mentoring which is helping coaches get better at um getting more competent at their coaching skills which is a big part of what I do already I do training and mentoring of coaches um in the Agile space to bring professional coaching into their world. And in coaching, there's also a separate discipline that's called supervision. And supervision isn't like you're my supervisor, you're my boss, you're over me. Supervision is a discipline that's well-known in Europe so in the European countries. So I'm sure many of you are aware of this, but in the U.S., not so well-known. And basically, when you enter into a a relationship with a supervisor, it's like entering into a relationship with a coach. And in essence, they're coaching you on your coaching relationship with your clients. So it helps you to take a deeper look at how you're interacting with your clients and the impact that you're having on them and the impact that they are having on you. So it's really looking deep into who you are as a coach and, um, helping you to become a better coach and to not influence um, based on your own emotional states and things like that. And um, the reason I'm doing this is because um, I think this discipline is needed in the agile coaching space. So even if agile coaches are not professional coaches, I think that what I've witnessed is, um, Agile coaches, whether they're functioning like a professional coach or like a consultant, can have a big impact on the client and on the client's um, way of thinking. And um, sometimes that can be really harmful. Um, I've experienced way more, a lot more harmful than I would like to to see. So I'd like to have this discipline be introduced into the agile space from agile coaching supervision, which um, starts with. Um, professional coaching supervision. So um, yeah, that's what I'm working on now. So I'm hoping that by next year, um, that we'll be able to um, bring that discipline more public in the Agile space. And um, so this year, for the rest of this year, I'll be focusing on doing individual supervision of professional coaches and Agile coaches, um, just like any other certification you need a bunch of hours of actually doing it and being supervised and mentored yourself. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm up to. Thank you. That's, you know, again, I, I just look and you really inspire all of us to just what can we do to help make our agile community better. And I knew you were going to have something else that you've already figured out. So thank you for sharing that with us. You are welcome. Thank you very much. And thank you, Andrew, for um, presenting today. I will just show my screen really quickly. Just in case you're not sure where you are today, you're at the adult coaching or uh, at the coaching tools and tips meetup, and this is presented by Tandem Coaching Academy, which is my um my coaching school, and our goal is to bring stuff to you to help you become a better coach, a better adult coach, better professional coach, and um, while we do have many um, paid educational and mentoring things, we also try to provide as many things free of cost or at low cost because my goal, um, or the goal for our company is to get coach training and coach capabilities out into the agile space at a, at a price point that people can afford. So um, we try to do as many things as we can just bringing the talent into you. So I thank you for joining today and um, hope that you'll tell others so that they can join. We always have really quality um, people presenting. And an opportunity for you if you haven't already um, gotten your advanced CSM or your CSP from Master, um, we are this month with that coupon code. Um, you can get take twenty five percent off of registration, and that course is self paced. So you get in and you learn on on doing your own time. So you learn, go practice with your teams, come submit um write ups of what you've done and then so it's self paced you know um you can take as much time or as little time as you need and we meet weekly in live mentoring sessions so you bring your own stuff in and we talk through it with the group that's there and it's been really fun learning with people from all over the world so if you still are in need of doing that you are welcome to use that discount code and um, get it even um, less expensive over the next month so thank you for joining us for our session today this is recorded and we will be posting it on the website it usually takes a few weeks to cycle so it may be a couple of weeks but it can be found at that same link tandem coaching just look under um um, tandemcoaching.academy look under resources and you'll find this recording soon, but you'll also find the recordings of previous meetups out there. And our next meetup is going to be um, in two weeks, I believe. Let me grab my calendar really quickly. Yes, it's in two weeks. And it's going to be Ted and Keith Wallace and you absolutely don't want to miss that um session it's called total brain coaching and ted and his his dad keith who have both um i've worked with both both of them they wrote a couple of books on coaching and they developed a new framework for coaching and um keith is a professor at a university and he teaches um, coaching in the university, and so this is a method that they um, developed, and it's, I'm really, really excited and can't wait to hear that presentation, so I want to invite you to join, um, and we're glad to have you here this week, and hope to see you next time.
1: We